Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Northfield Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Gordon. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be a part of the program. As always, I want to say thanks to our friends at Outpost Coffee for providing us with incredible caffeinated beverages. It's fall. Pick yourself up something incredible, uh, something pumpkin, something vanilla, something that is going to make you feel all kinds of holiday-like. Check these guys out at outpostcoffeeco.com. Well, here's the deal. I want to talk about a conference that I went to this last week. It's called Fight, Laugh, Feast. It was an incredible gathering of the saints. And the initial reason for me going was I was with my company. So as many of you know, I'm a bivocational pastor. So I that means I am not, that's not my full-time employment as a pastor. I, I work outside of the church. But as you know, most bivocational pastors are also full-time pastors. Um <laughs> Uh, I work for a Christian company. It's called The Nine Minds. It's a fantastic company. And here's what I know. Uh, When we went into this conference, the idea was to go shake hands, network, meet new people, try to expand the business. And, And I think we did a great job of that. But here's what I also came to understand was that being around people who have an optimistic and hopeful view for Christendom is inspiring. It is incredibly amazing to see Christians who believe that they actually can and will make a difference for the kingdom of God. They want to go cultivate. They want to transform. They want to change the world for the glory of God. And I find it just inspiring. And so here's, I want to be upfront with you. So I hold to a certain eschatological or eschatology worldview. Eschatology is view of the end. I am a Reformed Baptist, but I'm also an Oompa Loompa in the Reformed Baptist world because I believe in the the pre-tribulation rapture. And I, th- most people, if you hear that, you're like, oh my goodness, if you're a Reformed Baptist or a Reformed Presbyterian, you're immediately going, oh my goodness. Just hang with me, okay? He- here's... I'm still there, but I can tell you that I am not a typical pre-tribulation rapture guy who wants to sit and just wait for the end of the world and, and do nothing and just, okay, Jesus, hurry up and come so we can just get out of this thing and and, and just get, get gone, get, let's go home. I am one of those guys that I believe Christians should be actively trying to change the culture. I believe Christians should be cultivating businesses. I believe Christians should be doing things to make the world a better place. And, and we should be evangelizing. That, that's that's our calling. Uh, that's what we should be doing. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 5 to be salt and light. Like that's the specific target here. Salt preserves goodness, righteousness. Light dispels darkness. That's an active thing that we're called to do as Christians. That That's what we're supposed to be doing. And then in Matthew 28, Jesus tells us again, go make disciples. Go into all the world and make disciples. That is an action. We're not supposed to sit on the mountain and wait for Jesus to return. We are to go into all the world, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, we're, and Jesus is with us until the end of the age. Like that's the calling for us to do. So we are to be actively engaged and involved in in actually seeing gospel-centered change. And listen, I, 
it was incredible to to sit and listen to different speakers who have this worldview who in this this particular worldview is called postmillennialism or as they like to call it postmill and and this is the viewpoint is that they as christians are in, empowered by god to go into the culture and be culture change agents to cultivate change and shift the culture for the glory of god that is their belief. They believe that that is what God has entrusted Christians to do. And I'm telling you, it was inspiring to watch it happen. And it got me, because listen, I am not a sit on your thumbs and await for Jesus to return. I am a guy that says we need to be engaged in every area, every aspect, every place, every market. We need to be involved. We need to be trying to figure out ways to win people for the Lord Jesus Christ, to change their minds to change them and out and i listen i know we don't change their minds i know it's christ who does the changing but we're called by god to do things that make disciples we're to be salt and we're supposed to be light and, and watching men and women do that this week has been insanely amazing it was so empowering and encouraging and, and their their unwavering optimism like it was, there wasn't a negative bone in the place. Nobody's sitting around going, well, the world's falling apart. Oh my goodness. What's happening with Israel? Oh my goodness. Everybody, no one was freaking out because they believe in the sovereignty of God. They believe that God is on his throne and that God is, is doing what is necessary to, to bring about the kingdom. And so it, it just was amazing to see. So not only did they do that, have moments where they, they they lectured and taught on these things, but then they had events afterwards where they helped bring about the idea of actual biblical community, where they gathered together, fellowship together, men gathered together talking about theology, talking about things of the Bible, and how to implement those in our in our businesses, in our everyday life. Like that was incredible and just overjoy filled it was an overjoy filled experience like my heart just felt um full that that's the word i'll use my heart felt full because of uh the things that were taking place in these few moments with these men and women and then to see the ladies gathered around with the other ladies fellowshipping together encouraging each other to be um godly wives and godly mothers and raising their kids and listen this was a conference where kids were there like Kids were present, hundreds of kids were present with their parents and they were worshiping alongside mom and dad. And it was, it was awesome. And so, um, Christians often say things like this. I want to win my city for Christ. I want to see Christ made much of in my city. I don't want to see my city won for Christ, but we don't do anything about it. So there's a church in Moscow, Idaho. Um, it's called Christ church. And the pastor of that church is Doug Wilson. And also in Moscow, Idaho, there's a there's a progressive liberal um, university there. And I'm telling you, this church is doing some things that are just incredible to see. They are, they are pushing against the forces of darkness in such a way that the city council, this is how this is how many feathers they're ruffling. This is how rowdy these Christians are being. They didn't get it, the city council didn't get it passed, 
But there was a thing that was put in that if you're a member of Christ Church in Moscow, Idaho, you can't vote in local elections. <laughs> like, think about that. That 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 a city would be so that that a government would be so concerned that a church was so heavenly minded that they wanted to see biblical Christianity established in their city, they told them they can't vote. Like that's that's wild. But that's what Christians should be wanting to do. Christians should want to see their cities turn into Christian cities. Why? Because when biblical Christianity thrives, societies thrive. We can here case in point. Let's look at every city that is not biblically centered. Los Angeles, New York, Portland, Seattle. These are insanely wicked cities because they are an anti-Christ cities. Poverty is at an all-time level. Rape, murder, pillaging, you name it. It is happening in these cities because they have ideologies that are actively against the things of God and they are actively pursuing evil and these cities are crumbling at their at their cores but you find cities where you have godly leaders you have godly men who are leading these communities these cities are thriving you find people that are thriving now i know that moscow is not a christian city but the goal is to see moscow idaho become a christian city we as individuals should have a desire to want to see our cities one for Christ. I don't know any Christian, if you have a conversation with them, hey, do you want to see your city one for Christ? Every Christian that I know personally would say yes and amen to that. But sadly, I think that's where it ends is the yes and amen. We need to stop just yesing and amening. We need to get off of our blessed assurance and we need to make inroads into the culture. We need to do things that are actually going to change the world. We need to be able to fight against the evil of our day. We need to be able to laugh at the victory that Christ has over the, the world. And we do need to feast. We need to, and this is what I said to my church today. Rather than building up giant walls around our houses and trying to keep everybody at arm's distance, we need to be building bigger tables and inviting people in to our houses sharing the gospel, sharing hope. Like that's what I love about the post-millennial. They have, they're hope-filled optimistics. They have so much optimism because they believe that Jesus is going to win, which let me tell you, he, he is. Jesus is going to win. Christ wins. So because of that fact, we as Christians should be at the forefront of wanting to change culture, wanting to be culture change agents. And I'm telling you, I got to see it in real time. I got to see not only them talk about how to change businesses, how to change culture in the cities, how to change churches towards Christ. They're actually doing it. It's amazing to watch. And we as Christians need to be actively engaged in this process and stop just the the consumerism and the consumption on Sunday mornings and then leaving. We need to come in and we need to sing loudly in our worship services. Like that was the thing that was wild. I'm standing next to over a thousand people 
I'm standing next to several men and they're singing at the top of their lungs. And let me tell you, some of them weren't carrying a tune. It was majorly off tune, but guess what? They didn't care because they were worshiping King Jesus and they weren't singing for me. They were singing for Jesus Christ and they were longing to worship him, longing to see his face, longing to pursue him. And they sang loudly because they believed in what they were singing. They believed that their praises were making war against the enemy, which that's the truth. Our praise is a war cry and it makes we're making war against evil through our praise. And that's how that's how the conference kicked off. And then to see men unfolding the text and teaching it well and calling men to repent, calling men to lead, calling wives to submit to their husbands, calling wives to be homemakers and trusting that their husbands will take care of them and trusting in the God of the universe and raising godly children. Like that's... That's how we change culture. That's how we shift the ch- the culture. We don't shift the culture by just coming in, sitting like a bump on a log and just consuming content from a guy behind a pulpit and then not doing anything with it. We need to take the information, the gospel-centered information that we get in our churches, and then we need to go into all the world and we need to replicate. We need to make disciples. We need to baptize. We need to see things actually come about I'm telling you, this conference was well worth the time and money and energy. I am thankful to the Lord that I work for a company where um, they love the Lord Jesus Christ and they want to see him made much of. And I'm telling you, they're going to be in Fort Worth, Texas next year. Um, and it's it's over. It's the end of October. And listen, this is not a paid sponsorship. But listen, if any of the Fight, Laugh, Feast guys, you hear this and you want to throw some cash at the podcast and you want to be a sponsor, you know what? I'll take it. But here's the bottom line. (laughs) You guys need to go back out there. Next year, 2024, October 31st through November, I think 2nd or 3rd, something in that neighborhood. I could be totally wrong. I don't have it pulled up in front of me. Just Google Fight, Laugh, Feast. It's going to be in Fort Worth, Texas next year. You absolutely should go. So um, listen, Christ wins and we should be proclaiming that message. The, The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ won the victory over sin, death, and hell. And we as Christians should be amped up out of our minds about this, and we should be preaching and teaching this everywhere we go. All right. Love y'all.